Hello, everyone, and inside this episode of Locked On Canadians, it's it's prospect focus. We're going to take a look at the Bean Pot, where Sean Farrell, Jaden Struble, Lane Hudson, and Luke Tuck are all participating. And then I'm going to take a look at the AHL. We're going to do Lavelle Rocket player grades for NHL contracted players, and we're going to take a look at what the expectations are for the rest of the season. All inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and in... Well, no, I already told you what's inside this episode. It is episode 781 of Locked On Canadians. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Remember to make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I am one of your hosts. As you will notice, it is just me today. I am Scott Matlow, of course. I am uh, your AHL guy over at Habs Eyes on the Prize. I'm the gift guy that you were yelling at on Twitter and so much more. And inside today's show, I thought, Habs are still on a break, haven't gotten any injury updates yet. Players aren't quite back into the swing of things as they are traveling back to get to Montreal. They played this weekend, and we will have uh, more on those games as we get to that point. But right now, still no Canadians hockey. The Rocket are still off through the rest of this week here and into the weekend. So it's all prospects right now, at least uh, in the NCAA. Uh, We've done, we're going to have our uh, prospect expert friend on. In tomorrow's episode, you should get two episodes out of that. And then our Friday mailbag, which is always just our favorite part of the week. I want to take a look at the bean pot. And no, not a pot of baked beans, even though uh, it is cold. Baked beans are good in the right circumstance. This is a tournament uh, for the Boston area schools. So in their Boston College, Northeastern, Harvard, and BU, Boston University. Four teams. They play a small little mini tournament here. And it's midseason. I never fully understood it, but I also am not fully ingrained into uh, NCAA hockey culture. It is something I've learned to watch more of as the Canadians send more of their players to the NCAA or draft from the NCAA. And yesterday in the Bean Pot, we had two results. Harvard with Sean Farrell played Boston College and Boston University played Northeastern. And we're going to start with my favorite prospect outside the NHL right now, I think, and that is Sean Farrell. Two primary assists in a 4-3 overtime win over the Boston College Eagles. Boston College did not go away lightly in this game. I thought uh, Harvard got up early. They were up 3-1. And then Boston College just came back in that third period and took it to them. Harvard's goalie was phenomenal. Put up over 40 saves in this game to even get it to overtime. One and a half seconds left on the clock. Milan Hayduk's son, if you're not feeling old yet, you certainly are at this point. Scores the overtime winner. Sean Farrell continues to be an incredibly impressive player in the Canadian system. Lane Hudson obviously is getting a lot of the accolades right now, considering he just racks up weekly award after weekly award after monthly award in Hockey East. And you know what? We will give him his flowers in a moment here. Sean Farrell is arguably, not arguably, it's up for debate. Everyone has their favorites and such. I love Sean Farrell. I have made no qualms about how I feel about him in this Canadian system. 
And Kent Hughes was speaking with the media and also mentioned that he thinks Sean Farrell will jump right into the pros this spring. Whenever Harvard's season is done, which could be very quickly, Harvard is a good team, not a great team. They are prone to kind of lapsing a little bit when things count. Despite Sean Farrell and Matthew Coronado and Alex Leferrier, uh, Henry Thrun, a couple of other guys on the team, the consistency isn't there for the high-end talent that they have. Sean Farrell is a driving force on this team. He is absolutely incredible, and I cannot wait to see. He will likely sign his entry-level contract this spring, barring something out of the blue happening here. I think that is the thing that we are all expecting. He's going to be a really fun piece here. I don't know if he's going to start with the NHL club next year. I think he's got every chance in the world to make that team. He will play on it this spring once they ship bodies out. I have no doubt of that. He's going to be a very fun piece for the Rocket as well, and we're going to talk about the Rocket later on in the show. Uh, and then to switch over to the other game, Northeastern ends up beating Boston University 3-1. Uh, late emptying that goal, Boston University pushed real hard in that third period too. They were down 2-0 going into that. Uh, Devin Levi is incredible. I know that there was talk about, can are the Canadians going to be interested in trading for him because Buffalo doesn't know if they're going to sign him or Eric Portillo out of Michigan, and Devin Levi is the reason why this game was not a Boston University blowout. He was nothing short of incredible. And not that Drew Camesso played poorly for Boston University, but it Devin Levi, when he is on, is on a different level. Uh, Luke Tuck didn't have points in this game. Noticed him here and there. There is project work to be done there. I don't think he's turning pro this year. I think he's going to come back for a senior year at BU and the Canadians have a decision to make on that. I think he has some enticing skills, but lacks a little bit of the consistency to put that all together. Lane Hudson is a treat to watch. If you can get a chance to watch a BU game, watch Lane Hudson operate. He's aggressive, but contained at the same time. He makes smart reads. He jumps in place. He puts passes where passes should not go. He is so exciting to watch because he's a wild card. He could be popping into the offensive zone on the rush. I watched him just slowly drift his way up in the zone and getting to and put himself in positions to make plays happen. And that is what the Canadians need here. He's not going to be turning pro this year. I would be shocked. Uh, the Canadians would have to think there's not much more to go here. He will be back next year at BU for almost certainly. And the last name in this tournament was Jaden Struble. And this is one that, We've talked a little bit about on this show before we talked about it with, I believe it was Sebastian High, about what the potential is there. Because Kent Hughes mentioned both Struble and uh, Farrell were likely to go pro in the spring here. And Jaden Struble to me is someone who reads as he already has a professional level game, not the production. He skates so well. He's a physical monster. Watching him play, he is just a behemoth on the ice. He's not overly tall, but you can tell he's just built like a brick. And honestly, watching that physicality he brings to the game with the speed and the aggressiveness he has is something I'm interested in seeing if they can channel all those talents into offensive production with this uh, training staff. They have the development staff. Can Marie-Philippe Poulin and Adam Nicholas and everything bring out that next level of Jaden Struble's game because he has all the physical gifts right now. He was one of the top testers in his combine class. That hasn't gone away. There's been some injuries, but his mobility, his skating, his physicality, his aggressiveness, everything reads professional hockey player. Just the production hasn't been where it wants to be. 
and I don't think that's because he's playing poorly. Northeastern is a team that doesn't always put up a ton of points. They are a a frustrating team because they have Devin Levi at one end. They have a very experienced group on this team here, and they frustrate teams. When Devin Levi's in the zone, you're trying everything and you can't break through, and then they just capitalize on your mistakes because that's what they do. I'm very curious to see what Jaden Struble will bring to this Canadians team in the near future. I think they're going to give him his entry-level deal. I think he's going to need some time in Laval with the Rocket, but that's okay. And speaking of the Laval Rocket, they are just finishing up the All-Star game at Place Bell. It was a great time had by all from what I can tell, from what stories I've been told. We're going to take a look at what are our grades for the first half of the season on NHL contracted players and prospects, and that's all coming up next. But first, as I said, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. And this year, the only app you're going to need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. We're really excited about them being our new betting partner because they are the number one sportsbook in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Just download the app now and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And it lets you bet on everything from money line, who will score the first touchdown points. But it's Eagles, Go Birds versus Chiefs. So many opportunities here. Is Patrick Mahomes going to do his thing? Are you going to see the Eagles fly in this one on the first drive? Who knows? And the best part is you can cash out on your bet instantly. You bet on Mahomes to score first, and he goes down there, and he runs it in from the five-yard line. Cash out, get your money, go buy some more pizza and beer or whatever it is you need at your Super Bowl party. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And remember, make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sponsor of the NFL. And as always, please make sure you are betting responsibly when you're ever using sports gambling apps. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. I am, of course, Scott Matla. And because I did not bring this up beforehand, I need to bring up the Laval Rockets uh, Elite Prospects page because that is the easiest way for me to look at all the points they've scored this year. We're doing something very simple in this second segment here. We're going to take a look at the team here with NHL contracted guys and see who has been performing, who has not been performing, where can the Canadians improve. And the biggest thing is we're going to start, we're going to start with goalies because there's one NHL contracted goalie on the roster. It's Caden Primo, six, seven, and five, or six, seven, and six, 895 save percentage, 3.45 goals against. He struggled a little bit. He's kind of rounding back into form, but he still has those games every now and then where you go, got to be better than that. And I think part of it is he's been, he's battled injuries this year. He had a freak incident where he got hit with a stick on the bench and missed well over a month. And that's just, it's not what you want if you're the Canadians and they're your goal t- professional goaltending prospect right now. Uh, Joe Verbatic obviously has an AHL contract right now. He hasn't signed his ELC. But he's 2-1, and one, 4.05 goals against, 871 save percentage. The Rocket defensively have not quite been where you want them to be. And part of that is their team's been absolutely injured to hell and back this season. All the injuries on the Canadians have taken pieces that we expected from there away from them, Justin Barron, etc. And then injuries and people leaving the team. Alex Green left. You have guys like um, Brennan Sonier who were traded for uh, future considerations left uh, Emile Poirier who went down to the ECHL left 
uh, because they didn't want to play in the AHL. And it's kind of left a void on this team. And I guess the biggest name here uh, out of all the NHL contracted defensemen, we're going to talk about Matthias Norlander in a second, but William Trudeau has been a real bright spot. And you look at his stat line, 11 points in 33 games isn't exactly wowing everybody, but he's a rookie was signed out of camp. No one knew if he was staying or not, and they made the decision to keep him on a hunch. And it's good that they did, because without him, I shudder to think of what this defense would look like right now. Toradello and Madison Bowie just came back from injury, and uh, Madison Bowie is someone I was expecting a little more from. He has eight points in 21 games. Part of that is the power play struggled a little bit. I think with them returning, they've started to play a little bit better on the backside there. Uh, the big thing for me that sticks out is Otto Leskinen's done for the year. Hip surgery, he's likely going to go back to uh, Europe, either Finland or Sweden, which totally all right. It was worth a shot to bring him back and see if he could replicate some of that form he had before he had left originally. Unfortunately, not the case. Uh, Matthias Norlinder is someone that people have been critical of, which fair. Um, one goal, seven assists in 40 games. But what I've noticed is he's had to carry a PTO on his side for a while here this season. And he's been working on improving his defensive game over everything else. And when I look at Matthias Norlinder, I want to see that aggressiveness. I want to see that Lane Hudson-ness in Matthias Norlinder's game because he can have that. And I guess that there is some, I don't want to say scaredness or frightenedness out of this but he's not quite where the team probably wants him to be. I don't think he's uh, worth giving up on at this point. I just want someone to bring out that aggressiveness that I know Matthias Norlinder has that made him a fan favorite uh, in the team here. Uh, because right now he's getting surpassed on the depth chart. William Trudeau is likely above him is trusted in power play situations and everything else. Nicolas Baudin, who came in in a trade with Chicago, surpassed him very quickly too. He has 13 points in 17 games before he was knocked out by a cross check by Kyle Clifford and has been missing since then. And Justin Barron who has 16 points in 25 games, obviously playing on a recall with the Canadians was named to the AHL all-star team, but obviously was up with the NHL club. Uh, and then rounding it out Corey Schooneman, who continues to just be steady Eddie here, 18 points in 40 games. Isn't anything crazy in terms of production, but he's their everything guy penalty kill power play five on five, three V three extra attacker. Corey Schooneman is that guy. He is a veteran leader in this defensive group. Yeah. Tori Dello is there. Madison Bowie is a little bit younger than that too, but Corey Schooneman's been here for a while. He knows what it means to be a rocket. And I think he's been a really solid addition to this club and was a really smart find by Mark Bergevin's people when they signed him originally. So I'm a big fan. And now we're going to shift things over here to the forward group here. And the big thing for me that sticks out here is Nate Schnarr and Mitchell Stevens. Nate Schnarr came in last year, was a really nice addition to the Rocket. Good middle six guy, killed penalties, scored some clutch goals at times for them. Was never going to be a big point producer, but could be relied upon to produce some offense there. One goal, four assists in 20 games this season. Not quite where you want him to be. And Mitchell Stevens, who I think is just straight up cursed. At this point, I've watched him get so many opportunities and the shot is saved. It hits the post. It goes wide. Five goals, 10 assists in 41 games. He hasn't played badly. I've just never seen someone be so unlucky with everything that they do in this. 
And if they can get them to be a little more on track in the second half of this season here, the Rocket are, no pun intended, flying. Uh, also, uh, Lucas Condotta is a surprise. He's pitching a Cy Young season, 14 goals, 4 assists, uh, 45 games. Probably not a full-time NHLer, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him get his uh, call-up cup of coffee on the fourth line there. Uh, Anthony Richard, best player on the team, 42 points in 38 games. Stunningly good. Surprisingly right behind him. Not on an NHL deal, on an NHL only deal. Peter Bondonato, nine goals, 24 assists in 39 games. Really pleasant surprise. Guy who stepped up in the absence of injuries with Alex Belzeal called up. Jesse Olinen, 30 points in 36 games. So skilled, so skilled. And when he gets it going, and he has been playing well since returning from the Canadians, it's all working out. Alex Belzeal is the team captain, 26 points in 31 games. Started the season ice cold, fourth line ice cold, and has come back in a big way. Rafael Harvey-Pinard is the heart and soul of this team here. And then two names that have surprised me a bit, and in a good way. Obviously, Rem Pitlick has been great uh, since being on the NHL. He should be. But Joel Teasdale and... Uh, Xavier Simino. Simino, 25 points in 37 games, five goals, 20 assists. You want Brendan Gallagher, but Quebecois, you have Xavier Simino. Just does not, he has never seen a pile that he didn't want to be a part of, never saw a loose puck that he didn't want to battle for. He will get his entry level deal at the end of the season. Very excited to see him push for a fourth line roster spot in the NHL next year, standing all a five foot six and a half on a good day. Uh, and Joel Teasdale. 22 points in 32 games. We talked about injuries. Yolanen's called up. Harvey Pinard's called up. Belzeal's called up. Richard is uh, coming back down. Uh, Brandon Geniak isn't healthy yet, et cetera, et cetera. Joel Teasdale picked up the slack in a big way. Uh, again, a guy I could see filling in in some fourth-line minutes in the future, but right now he's absolutely lighting it up in a good time for the Rocket because he's the kind of depth that they need to make another deep playoff push there, to have all those gears churning all at once. And speaking of a Calder Cup playoff push, the Rocket are still off for another couple of days, but they are on the back half of their season. They sit in a playoff spot right now. What are our expectations for the next half of the season? And what can we, you know, is this going to be a playoff team? We're going to discuss all that and more coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by one of our best favorite companies in the world. This is Built Bar. You know we love Built Bar. Don't want all the fat and calories of the protein bars. You got to try Built Bar, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. It tastes like a candy bar with great macros. If you are someone who keeps track of your macros while you are working out or doing anything else, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein in there. And you can always get them at Built.com where you can put together your variety packs and see other flavors. But now you can go into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up what you were looking for. Walk into your Walmart, find a four-pack on the shelf, take that home, eat them in the morning on your way to work or after the gym like I do. Walk into your Sam's Club if you want a bigger pack. They sell the eight packs there. Great for lunch, great in the morning when you need that boost or midday when you need that boost. Always good after a workout. And you can use the promo code built or LOCKDOWN15 at Built.com to save yourself a little bit of money on that. So please go check out Built Bar, local source, Built.com, wherever. You're going to find it and trust us. You're going to love it too. We are back here. And I say we like the dogs in the crate behind me sleeping. So I guess she's my technical co-host on this show uh, for today. Laura isn't going anywhere. I promise you that much. We have a huge, huge show planned for Wednesday and for Thursday. 
all draft prospects, all Canadians prospects. We've got so many questions that we haven't even put out a call for them because we, Laura and myself, have so many questions. We cannot wait for that. And I guess now we're going to shift into the final part of this episode here. I'm going to keep this kind of brief because it's still a long way off, but the Laval Rocket, as it stands right now, sit in a playoff spot. We obviously just got done talking about uh, who's playing well, who wasn't playing well, etc. in the team right now. They're finally getting healthy. We should be getting news updates soon on other players coming back from injuries. And I'm looking at right now, this division standings at AHL, uh, the AHL.com. The Rocket occupy the last playoff spot in the North Division. Uh, in 45 games, they have 44 points, a little bit below 500 overall in their winning percentage, 5, 2, and 3 in their last 10 games. They're an inconsistent team, but they started the year so poorly to be in a playoff spot right now is some pretty incredible work from Jean-Francois Houle and his staff. They're, um, they trail the Amherst by a fair bit. The Amherst have four games in hand. The Syracuse Crunch have three games in hand and have uh, four points on them. The Utica Comets, who have the exact same amount of games played, are six point or seven points up on the Rocket. And the Marlies lead the division with 62 points in 44 games. They can hit that, you know, two, three spot if with a little bit of luck. This is not saying they are going to, but they are currently the Cleveland Monsters have three games in hand and are five points behind. And behind them, the Belleville Senators have played 44 games and have 39 points. I am not writing off anybody in this because last year the North Division was razor thin outside of the Comets at the top of it. And the Rocket got in barely, but. It's a very, very close window here. And I got to be honest, I think that they sh- this is a playoff team. I think this is a team built for the playoffs. They've played every team in their division. Both they've been blown out and they've played them tough. And the North Division is probably the most, I don't want to say top heavy, but I look at uh, the Atlantic Division where every team in the division has a winning record. Hershey Bears have a 29-11-5 record. Just ridiculous. And at the bottom of the the bottom of their division, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, 2019 and five. They're over 500. The Rocket are not. And it's a very weird situation. I think the expectations for the back half of the season is get into the playoffs because then anything can happen. The Rocket were a late goal away from being eliminated before it was Cedric Paquette, I believe, who got them back into the game and helped force overtime against Syracuse. And then Gabriel Bork won it in double overtime. Anything can happen in the playoffs here. And the biggest thing is, I think Jesse Olinen will be back up with the NHL club before too long. They've got to get some of these other bodies going. They need Nate Schnarr to start producing. Jan Mishak's still out for a little bit, so can't count on that. Leskinen is done for the year. Donick Martell has not started skating with the team. He is out indefinitely as it stands. I believe it's a concussion, but I'm not 100% sure. They just got Gabriel Bork back. I think Alex Belzio will stay here for a little bit. I do not think Rafael Harvey-Pinard is coming back from the NHL. And I can see at the deadline, Kent Hughes adding some AHL vets to this team because they need the help there. We saw in the past how Laurent Dauphin uh, was an early trade acquisition before the deadline and played a big role in helping get the Rocket on track here. If they're going to be losing Yolanin for the rest of the season to the NHL or be staying whatever, they're losing Harvey Pinard or Yolanin. They're losing one of the two to the NHL. I think that much is clear. 
They got to get someone to pick up the slack. Joel Teasdale's doing his part. Peter Abandonado is doing his part. Xavier Simino, who's a rookie, is doing his part. Uh, Nicolas Baudin should be back in the relative near future here, and that's good news for the defense. That should help Matias Norlander a little bit. That should help um, the loss of Justin Barron a little bit too. Torrey Dello's back. Madison Bowie is back. I don't think Barron's coming back right now unless they get an NHL body at the trade deadline in another trade. The expectation, I think, is the veterans on this team who are expected to lead continue to do what you were doing. Anthony Richard is playing over point per game. Keep doing that. Peter Bondonato, if he can keep up this pace, I think he might get a one-year NHL deal at the end of this, and they might give him a shot. I also wouldn't be shocked if they just stick him on an AHL deal and let him be that guy, like a successor to Alex Belzeal for the Rocket here. The expectation is simple, though. Make the playoffs. And for that, too, they also need Caden Primo and Kevin Poulan to stabilize a little bit. Because when they're on, they're great. They're almost unbeatable unless pucks go off their defenseman's skates and go by them. But when they are off their game, the Rocket can score four or five goals and still lose. And that becomes a problem. You don't want to get into shootouts all the time when your team is lacking some of its top players. And if they make the playoffs, Harvey Pinard will be back. Pitlick will likely be back. Yolanda will be back. Belzeal, whoever else they have called up, will be back because they will probably paper them down on the day of the deadline so that when the Canadian season is over, the Rocket get everyone and will be at full strength. They will have their ATOs and their PTOs guys coming out of junior. So Joshua Waz and Riley Kidneys and Logan Mayus, et cetera, on entry-level deals will likely come to this team. Guys on ATOs, you know, who might be playing for our team, uh, Jared Davidson, et cetera, are going to come to the Rocket. But that's a long way off, and you can't necessarily count on these young guys to be an immediate impact. You could hope, wish and hope, but as we saw last year, Joshua Waz, you know, despite being a proven goal scorer, had trouble cracking a rocket lineup that was very balanced in a way there. And coaches are notoriously superstitious. So my thought is the expectation in the back half of the season, find consistency, let your young guys work through their stuff, but they got to find their game. We know Caden Primo is better than this. We know that some of these other guys play better than this. And maybe the time off heals some nagging injuries, just relax for a little bit, come back and take off, take flight there. Uh, pun intended this time. So, uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at the active stick. You can follow myself at Scott Mallow. You can follow us wherever you get your daily podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, ring the bell to get notified every time we post a new video or go live folks been great. I know I'm recording this by myself and none of you are here right now, but thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you all next time.